I'm Shannon Rainey. And I'm Russ Rainey. Welcome to the podcast, March Christian Counseling. March is a private counseling practice dedicated to helping people through every season of life. Every podcast episode will feature some of March's trained professionals and unpack helpful information about therapy and mental health. Our prayer and our hope for every episode is that it at least provides you with some knowledge and some encouragement. If you would like some more information about our practice or to schedule an appointment, just visit our website, marchcounseling.com. And welcome back. We are here today for our podcast episode. This is Alan Bonner with March Christian Counseling, and today we have Kayla Morgan. Say hello, Kayla. Hey, Alan. Nice to be here. So glad to have you today. You guys are in for a treat because Kayla is one of the therapists here at March, uh, as am I, but she has a specialty with EMDR. So most of what we're going to talk about today is EMDR, and I'll let her explain that, but we're also going to discuss uh, mindfulness and what that is as far as uh, helping well us, but also clients especially. So before we do all that and jump into that, I'm just going to let Kayla tell us uh, who is Kayla Morgan, uh, how long have you been at March, where are you from, as much as you want to tell us, you may not want us to know that much. So who are you, Kayla, and how long have you been here at March? Like Alan said, my name is Kayla, and I have been at March over five years. Um, I have been married for 10 years to Austin Morgan, and we have a two-year-old. His name is Garrett, and we live in Purvis, and we've been in Purvis for, I guess, five or six years now. Um, So yeah, I graduated from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary and have been at March ever since I graduated. Well... Thank you for sharing all that. Now, here at March, we will see clients individually, and of course we see families and couples or any demographic, but sometimes, and you and I work together on this, where I'll have some clients, whether they're regular uh, clients or just uh, you know a one-time person, but long story short, if they've had some trauma or some specific difficulties, I've brought you up as far as having that specialty with working with people with trauma, especially using EMDR. So what it, to, to the listeners out there who may not have ever even considered therapy, uh, or maybe they have, but they did not know about EMDR, what is that? What does it stand for? Uh, did you have to get special training? Uh, what would be a circumstance where clients would even benefit from it? So I asked you about 13 questions mm-hmm. right then. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, you uh, you speak on that, and then we'll just go go from there. What is EMDR? So basically, EMDR is it stands for Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing. We say that ten times fast. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> what that means is when things happen, when trauma happens, we have these images and these negative beliefs that get stored in our memories, and so EMDR uses something called bilateral simulation. So another fancy word to say it activates your emotional and neurological part of your brain. Mm. Um, So it uses, it can either use eye movements. So I would literally do finger movements which would make your eyes move from side to side. Or Mm -hmm. sometimes I use these little buzzers and you put one in your left and your right hand and it And they just buzz as you process these memories. And Mm -hmm. so kind of backtracking to what I was saying is we take distressing memories or traumatic memories and 
process them almost like they were a movie. So you take it from the beginning to the end. And the good thing about EMDR is you don't have to go into detail about what you're seeing. So I add the bilateral stimulation and you, I give you about 30 seconds to just kind of watch the, Mm -hmm. the movie play out, the scene play out. Um, and then I'll kind of check in and I'll get you to focus on, What's going on in your body? What Mm -hmm. emotions are you feeling? Um, So working up to EMDR, and there's actually like eight, it's an eight-phase process. So you start with um, kind of education, telling people, telling clients what EMDR is, and then preparing you for that. And so that second phase is like a history taking. So for some people, they may know, I'm coming in and processing this wreck I got in. Or for others, it might be there's a long list of Mm. traumatic history, whether it be childhood all the way up to now. And so we just kind of get an idea of what are your worst? Like what are those worst traumatic things that have happened? Mm -hmm. And so once we decide on the list of things to process, we take one individual memory Mm -hmm. and go from there and so I kind of have these questions that I will go through and ask and all it's getting you back into that that memory that traumatic that the feelings that you felt the body the body sensations that you have and so not necessarily like you you already said this but not reliving literally what occurred or having to get into like the Mm -hmm. nitty-gritty details maybe so to speak but you do want to access yeah. the feelings, you know, so right. talking about it enough to evoke, yeah, to evoke the trauma, uh, it's already awakened, but to really right. like, I guess, give credit to what occurred. Yeah. And it really, because I think sometimes when trauma happens and we have flashbacks, we get numb. And mm. so EMDR really wants you to focus on those physical sensations that you feel when you have the flashbacks mm. or you feel when you are are having these memories and so it the whole point of EMDR is to take these negative beliefs that you have have about yourself when you think about these memories whether it be I'm not safe or I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy Mm -hmm. and so reprocessing to a point where you're not you're thinking more positively about yourself or even if the traumatic memory, you're able to think about it and have a neutral response. Right. So sometimes there may be uh, trauma in the sense of something happened in your younger years, childhood years may not have been blatantly, and I have to be careful saying this, but metaphorically like a single gunshot wound of trauma. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could present almost as complex PTSD. I think for listeners out there, that's something good to well, be careful, but Google as far as uh, researching what that is and how what's di- how is it different from PTSD uh, versus complex PTSD. But Kayla, what you're describing, that this could help people validate what they experienced, which is another podcast in and of itself with people being able to, you know, we don't want to be disrespectful to other people who have gone through some right. pretty obvious issues or problems. But we also have gone through life and through growing up and getting education, we realize like, wow, some of these things should not have occurred and it did yeah. affect me. And so we need to validate that and just so we can realistically and pragmatically deal with it uh, and understand who we are 
and yeah. and move on from it. Now, you also were hitting on something else as far as like maybe some not complex PTSD, but PTSD, maybe there is like a blatant specific mm-hmm. event that has occurred. Uh, how do you describe the difference of what would happen like in an EMDR session or like you were saying, there may be multiple yeah. sessions, but, uh, you know, with the CPTSD, you probably have to help clients even be able to formulate their thoughts or ideas about what happened if it was like years of you know so to speak a tiny uh a thousand razor blade cuts uh versus there's actually a single gunshot wound of of trauma so how would you compare the two or work with a client who is having issues wrapping their minds around what happened versus knowing there was a single incident Mm -hmm. well they it works the same but i feel like one of the differences is the the clients that have more complex PTSD, it, it can get a little more frustrating because whereas a single wreck or um, a single event, you can process that in a quicker amount of time and there's more resolution. Like you can get in the car and drive again. You can, you can drive at night and not have these flashbacks. Whereas I really look at the complex PTSD and I know this isn't the technical version, but this is the way my brain looks at it, is when things happen, we have this little string in our brains that hold these memories that are very similar. So for that, it might be one or several memories make you feel that you're not good enough. So before you get to that point of resolution or able to, to kind of combat that negative thought and believe that positive cognition is you may have to process a few memories. Mm -hmm. So it may look at instead of a single event, we're looking at how, what memories have made you feel that you aren't good enough or what person has made you feel like you're has caused trauma. And so we're having to, we're having to process a group of memories rather than just one. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things to add with EMGR, it can be, it can be frustrating because sometimes clients come in and they don't want to feel that they're they're a little numb and so when we're numb we get stuck and so the good thing is there are ways there are things that I can ask and we can kind of process differently if you feel stuck but I noticed that's one of the frustrations with EMGR is sometimes we get stuck in this loop and that's just our brain trying to protect us because we don't want to we don't want to go there we don't want to think about that and so EMGR is trying to to make us feel safe. Like the goal is to make you feel safe enough to allow your brain to open up those, those scary memories. Mm -hmm. And actually even thinking about EMGR is compared to nightmares. So EMGR is trying to bring to the daytime while you're awake, things that nightmares do while we're sleeping. Right. And we're not able to process while we're sleeping. And I would like to think this may be over generalizing it, but doing EMDR will affect sleep in a good way. Like Absolutely. Let's, let's process it while we're awake. We've been avoiding doing it, yeah. whether it was intentional or unintentional. And your body's been trying to right. speak to you to say, get it out. Yeah. Uh, but during the day, we're so busy and we don't have time for this. Uh, and also it happened in the past. Like, yeah. I just want to move on from it. And so uh, your body's trying to tell you, I want to help you. Yeah. So maybe through EMDR, it may feel uncomfortable or odd or weird, but uh, I guess push through it, get out of yeah. your comfort zone, and 
and process it, and it may actually help benefit sleep. Now, this may be a harsh uh, subject change, but mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking prior to the podcast, and hey, what are some things that are really beneficial to clients, or they need to know about you, or what you do here, mm-hmm. or what we all you know work together with at March? But so mindfulness, what is that, and how does it help clients? I don't know if you can connect it to specifically trauma, as far mm-hmm. as like a segue. If you can't, it's okay. Yeah. But what is mindfulness, and why would you suggest it to clients? So basically, my view of mindfulness is is just being aware of what's going on around you. It's being present because a lot of times where our thoughts are either future-based or we're thinking about things that happened in the past. And so mindfulness is just you being aware of your present, your body. And so even taking it back to EMDR is like I feel like one of the most successful One of the ways to be successful with EMDR is to be focused on what's going on in my body and what's, what am I feeling? Because even part, I mentioned that there are several phases to EMDR. One of the last phases is called a body scan. And so what that is, is like being aware of what's going on in your body. So is your chest feeling tight? Is your, is your shoulders feeling tight? Like, and so Mindfulness really just brings your attention to what's going on in your body, what's going on um, around you, because a lot of times our trauma takes us back to these situations, these images, these these even these smells that have caused distress or trauma. And so mindfulness is really just paying attention to mm-hmm. what can I see? What can I hear? What can I, mm-hmm. what can I touch? And so, and we can't control everything. So probably part of mindfulness would be while everything's again, air quotes, like, okay. Uh, using that time wisely to try to identify like what is a trigger? Mm-hmm. Uh, why did I get aggravated or upset when such and such happened or, why did I get angry at whatever event occurred? And we know anger is just the tip of the iceberg. So uh, diving into those feelings, so to speak, to try to figure out what are the other words, like overwhelmed, frustrated, right. sleepy, hungry. <laughs> so we wish it was that simple sometimes. Right. You know, eat a Snickers. Uh, <laughs> and they're not a sponsor. But uh, So mindfulness could be could be that. What would you tell a client as far as trying to implement mindfulness because uh, like we were saying maybe during peaceful times or okay times people are thinking back on okay well let me use this time wisely mm-hmm. what are triggers and how do I avoid certain things or control a situation as, as best I can but also I need to learn how to kind of be in the moment and what if I can't control something and a problem occurs uh, what are some exercises or techniques that can kind of help them mm-hmm. you know if they've been practicing or become aware of this so not necessarily journaling but hey if that's part of this then that's great but maybe some other uh and i'm giving you some answers here but breathing yeah there was a journaling so what else would you say uh are good things to to teach clients you know good homework that they can do on their own to prepare for problematic times I feel like the biggest thing is like sometimes we just forget to breathe and Mm -hmm. so as alan was saying is taking some big deep belly breaths and then you know counting into six and then breathing out like you're breathing out through a straw like that is one of the biggest things and then another thing is just meditation because sometimes it's like we mindfulness is important but we also need to meditate whether that be on scripture or whether that be on a verse that's encouraging um 
And another thing is just kind of focusing, I like to say, having this little safety kit. And what I mean by that is like having these things with you that kind of activate those senses, whether it be something calming that you can smell, something that you can taste that can like bring your attention back, um, whether it be something you can see, whether it be a picture or um, a picture of the beach. Mm-hmm. Um And so just those things. And another thing, too, is like that can help bring us and make us mindful if we get lost in these thoughts is just grabbing a piece of ice and holding them in both of our hands. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of shocks our senses to be like, all right, you're Mm -hmm. okay. You're safe. No, that's really smart. Kayla, this is great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, You're so welcome. And you will be back. Perfect. (laughs) Um, But I think listeners out out there will really have found this beneficial because EMDR uh, is just really valuable. And listeners can Google EMDR, CPTSD versus uh, PTSD, and also mindfulness. So, Kayla, again, I appreciate you being here. And I hope you all tune in next time.